0: Hey y'all, okay, surprise, I'm back. I made an announcement on here that I was gonna be moving the podcast over to Substack and solely producing it there because I love hearing from you guys. I love connection, I love community and people are having trouble accessing the podcast on Substack. Um, Some people are talking about the fact that uh, it's a little bit challenging to listen from their phone or their phone's doing something strange to it. So here's the deal. I'm going to be sticking here, putting podcasts out on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you may be listening. And I will be adding, uh, I will also be putting it out on Substack. So if you are listening on Substack, you like Substack, um, There'll be I'll be adding little bonus things. I'll send out the review on there. There might be a little additional teachings or things that I add in addition to the podcast, questions, polls, things of that nature. So if you joined me over on Substack. Thank you for doing that. If you haven't joined me on Substack, go check out Substack, take a listen. Uh, On Substack, I've got lots of articles about all different things. That's where I love to teach, connect with you, ask you questions, have you answer polls, things like that. Um, Again, my little fourth line heart. I want you to have this information. I want to serve my community. And so I've got to get this information out to you in a way that's going to serve you, support you, and be easy. So for those who are loving Substack, hang out there because guess what? I'm going to be, like I said, adding bonus teachings, behind-the-scene interviews. There's going to be a lot that's going on over on Substack. In addition with the podcast, I'll send out the episode. I'll send out, like I said, polls, questions, things to get you involved, um, and for those who are having trouble finding the podcast on Substack or your computer's doing weird things or whatever, I will also put them out through here. Again, I love engaging with community. I love connecting with you. So if you feel the call, you want to join me on Substack, head over to Jessbubaco.com. I'm sorry, Jessbubaco.substack.com so that you can join me over on Substack for this additional bonus stuff, as well as connecting with people in the community. And I want to just share with you that Messaging by Design with Amanda Foley and myself is live. If you have been following along on Substack and getting the emails about um, the different stages of entrepreneurial development, this is a great class for people who are in the emerging stage as well as the. Expanding stage of entrepreneurship, which is coming out today. So if you're like, "What is the expanding stage?" Go over to Substack, take a look. I'll also link them in the show notes so that you have them. Um, but this is a really great class for people who are discovering and refining their message. It's going to give you an amazing understanding of who you're here, who you are, who you're here to serve, how you're here to serve them, and help to give you the words to describe your work in a way that is clear straightforward, direct, true, authentic, and genuine. So go ahead, check it out, messagingbydesign.com. Doors are going to close on, I believe sometime around like the 10th of um, August. So go check it out. We would love to have you. If you have questions, you can comment on Substack, ask me a question, uh, send me a DM on Instagram at JessBubaco. But either way, I'm excited to be launching this class with Amanda and to be sharing it with you. So stay tuned for those of you again who weren't able to listen on Substack. I'll put the podcast out here as well so you can listen to it and everybody can get this information that I think is important. Okay, sending y'all big love. Hey, y'all, it's me, Jess Bubaco and I am excited to be here with you on the Waking Up with Jess podcast. Each week, I'll invite you to wake up to your inner knowingness, get creative, and march to the beat of your own drum in your business and life. We'll dive into different subject areas from business, to health, to work, relationships, and beyond. On the podcast, we'll get raw, honest, and real, keeping it a little bit personal, a little bit educational, and most importantly, we're going to have a lot of fun. Each episode, you'll feel like you're sitting down at a coffee shop having an intimate conversation with a few of your best friends. Join me each week as I act as your confidant and friend who loves the heck out of you and wants to see you shine. Come along and wake up with a cup of Jess. Hey, everybody, and welcome back. We have got another Substack exclusive. That's what I'm going to start calling it. I just came up with that. We've got a Substack exclusive. I've got my friend Amanda Foley with me here today. We're going to be diving into all different types of subjects and topics, specifically just talking about the journey to get where we're going. So, hey, Amanda, thanks for being here.
1: Hi, Jess. Thanks for having me.
0: So um, I'm just going to give a little bit of background. Amanda and I met probably a little over a year ago, maybe mm-hmm. like it was, definitely. I was a
1: fan long before that oh, though.
0: Well, thanks. <laughs> it was 2022 and, um, you came and did a business activation sequence or business mm-hmm. activation session with me. And we dove into your chart and your gene keys and your human design and all the things. Um, and then, I don't know. I just feel like we liked each other. It was like, I like you, you like me, like, let's just keep connecting. Mm -hmm. And then we birthed a course together earlier this year, just like lots of really fun and exciting things that um, have come out of it. So I'd love it if you could tell everybody a little bit about yourself and the work that you're doing in the world.
1: Sure. Um. Yeah. So I was a big fan of the podcast. I will say that. But I am a PR messaging and strategy consultant. I have worked in PR for more than twenty-five years. Um. Oh, and I'll start with saying I'm in the U.S. I live outside of the Philadelphia, in the Philadelphia area, on the East Coast. If you can't tell from my accent, and <laughs> for those who don't know me already, um. But I've worked in PR for more than two decades, spending most of my time, um, some in the corporate. Space, some, you know, more actually in consulting, but always in healthcare. And a few years ago, and in true six line fashion for you, human design fans out there, at the age of 30, I had a big catalyst that led, that led me to move from corporate into consulting to have more autonomy and freedom. And then that was great for about. Um, yeah, 17 years I've been doing that. And then I had yet another one as I approach 50 in a few years that really led me a few years ago to need to make a big change, just always looking for that fulfillment that was never there. And I found a little bit of the like the freedom and the then as a fourth line, the people I loved working with in the consulting world, but it the work still just never lit me up the way I always wished that it would. And so I found human design that changed a lot. helped me realize that, you know, like that voice in my head that always said, you can't make money doing work that you love maybe wasn't, wasn't the truth of what I shouldn't be following. And, um, and yeah, so like I kind of dove in, I took about a year off of work and really explored what I wanted to do. I met amazing people like you, Jess, who, you know, sort of helped me to see that there was an opportunity to take my PR skills. Not have to get rid of them entirely, which I know we always talk about that, right? We didn't have to throw the baby out with the bathwater, even though I kind of thought that was the path at the time. But I was able to take it, combine it with human design. And now I am doing some PR work for um, people like Emma Dunwoody, which is amazing. And I'm a publicist for her. I do um, some coaching, helping people with their PR strategy using their design. And then I am also, you know, in conjunction with you, started doing some courses. And just actually last night, I, I did the first course, the first class of my own solo course. So it's been a very Woo! exciting, yeah, I know I couldn't have done it without your initiation. So I appreciate it. Um, but yeah, it's good. And and now it's been like really about a year since I've been in this space and it's a ton of fun. It gets me out of bed every morning, excited. I can sleep now because I'm actually using my sacral energy in a productive way. And yeah it just feels good. I feel very fortunate. Um, and just glad that I found and followed this path.
0: Totally. I would love to actually talk about, uh, I think there's a lot here about this idea of like not throwing the baby out with the bathwater. something that you and I have been talking about a lot and that I, um, was sharing about before we started this is just this idea of like, understanding these scales of development. Cause when I was a speech therapist, we always had developmental scales for children that were like, okay, what stage of development is this child in I actually have um, a girlfriend of mine who's starting a school and they're actually starting to group kids by development versus age and like what age the child is, because you could be, you know, it's kind of like, I look at like when I have friends and I'm like, oh, I'm in the same level of development as my friends. Like my friend, Alex and I, Alex is like five years younger than me, but we're at the same stage in development in our businesses. Or, you know, I think about my friends who have had babies who are kind of like in a different phase in life, but maybe some of their mom friends are 40 or 25 or whatever. Mm -hmm. It's like, we come into these stages of, development that are similar to other people. But I think what's important is seeing and recognizing that everything in life is a journey versus the idea of like, oh, well, that thing I did before doesn't really matter. It didn't really have purpose. Oh, I was in pharma or I was in um, PR. And like, I should just throw that completely out and become a human design person who teaches human design to the masses, maybe because that's what I've seen someone else do that I should be doing. So Mm -hmm. I think it's important to talk about this idea of like not throwing the baby out with the bathwater and actually seeing that we were never completely misaligned in our lives in the past. I I don't, (laughs) when I say that, I, I think it probably shows up a lot more with like the gene keys and the activation sequence and pearl sequence, all those things we can get into where we can look and go like, maybe I was more in the shadow, but I wasn't, it's not like I was like another person operating out of another energetic body. It's that I was maybe operating out of shadow and conditioning versus what truly is my gift and what lights me up and what, what energizes me versus what depletes me. So I'd love to just kind of riff a little bit on this idea of not throwing the baby out with the bathwater. And like, how did you discover for yourself as you were moving out of pharma and PR in the way that you were doing it, that you shouldn't throw the baby out with the bathwater in your own career?
1: Yeah, I mean there's so many things that I could respond to in that. I mean, it's it's so interesting because I think I've things I look back on that I've always said my whole life that now makes so much sense to me as I study my gene keys for I'm probably like, that's it right there. But something I always say is everything happens for a reason. I remember being in college and saying that to friends, like when someone, and like we've talked about, like, I always sort of have the optimistic view of things and that's that gene key 15 of perspective. But I really have always had this very strong belief that everything in our life has to have a reason behind it. And if, the, cause to me, if there's no reason, then there's no purpose. And then I feel like, what am I doing? All of this or in general. And even looking back when I've made other career changes before this one at the age of 30, I, I have said this on your podcast before I lost a really close friend in a car accident, which to me was like saying, like, there has to be some reason for this, or I can't you know, like I can't just accept that this just happens that I have to take something away from this with mean of meaning. And it led me to make a really sudden change in my career and quit my quit my job, my corporate job. Um, And then move into consulting. And similarly, when I started to, um, you know, and I'm the right angle cross at the Maya. So obviously, like I was in a lot of illusion when it came to seeing things in both the media and healthcare over the course of that, you know, 2020 to 2022 period that it really made me feel like I can't have anything to do with either of these because I just... I don't know what I believe anymore. I don't know if this is for me, you know, and I'm, I say that with no judgment towards anybody. It's just sure the lack of fulfillment I already had then just sort of became very, I got, was very in my head about a lot of it. But what I realized is, as I took that time off to really explore, I started talking to so many different people and I'm like, how do I, find a place for myself in this world where I now feel so good and comfortable with all of these new, you know, coaches or healer, everybody I met during that journey, just, you know, I just resonated so much. And I'm like, but I don't see myself as a coach. I don't want to go back and get a certification in coaching. I don't, you know, how do I do this? And, you know, a couple of people, have, you know, I had some readings I had an astrology reading. I've talk, talked to a lot of different people and, and I think people kind of were trying to not guide me to. Using PR in this way. But I feel like maybe they were subtly. And when I go back down and think about it, I'm like, all the signs were there. But I literally just had to wake up one day and say, oh, these people are really interested in what I've done my whole corporate career. There's there must be something here. They're all really dissatisfied with some of the ways they have to market their business, which you and I have obviously talked a lot about. Um and I was like, maybe there's another way for me to help people without necessarily having to give up what I've spent 25 years doing. So if that was my point to come full circle. In that, I realized everything I had been through to that point, in in so many, you know, facets of it, led me to that very moment where I had the realization, like, oh my God, I can, you know, get rid of the piece that doesn't feel good, but I can also keep something that you know I have a lot of expertise in and that I really love doing. And when I did that, it just, it really like a light, a light switch went on for me in so many ways. Yeah. I love that. You know, when you
0: were, when you were talking, it was making me think about this idea of, I think why you and I both love the gene keys so much as well is because, there i mean i can't speak for you but i i know i know you well enough to know that i know you like these little things mm-hmm. too it's like there's also these little cues and clues inside of our gene key sequences so for anybody who's not familiar with the gene keys i'll post in here as well my kind of couple podcasts on the gene keys and what the gene keys are all about so you can go and listen to them if you're wanting to know more but i think one of the things is when you look at something As an example, like your vocation. So we have three sequences inside of the gene keys. We've got your activation sequence, which kind of helps us to look at the bigger work that you're here to do in the world. The bigger themes helps to ground you into your body and help you to go like, I know me, I know who I am. We have the Venus sequence, which helps us with relationships and helping to see what our patterns are in relationships, our wounds are in relationships, and also use relationships as a catalyst to heal ourselves. And then I think the the final sequence that he has so far, who knows, maybe there'll be more sequences that come out, is all about um, looking at your work and kind of how you do your work. So if activation sequence gives us a bigger story of like what your bigger, maybe more legacy work is in the world, Mm -hmm. then your gene keys vocation is going to give us more information about how you specifically do that work. And so it's neat because, you know, looking at your specific vocation, you've got a line three vocation, like strategy is right in there. And it gives you that little clue and cue to go like, Wait, PR literally is strategy. Like it is literally figuring out a strategy and how to get your business out there and to be seen and reach more people in a really authentic way. So I feel like even just being able to use these tools to be able to turn back and go like, "Oh, I see how this um, you know, has actually shown up that maybe I wasn't misaligned quote unquote in my PR career I don't have to throw out the idea of strategy or publicity and helping people in that way maybe it's just more so that I am not in the right setting maybe I'm a daisy that's planted in the middle of the um you know the middle of the desert or whatever it may be so I don't know if there's anything in there that you want to respond to
1: but yeah and I don't know if you can hear my puppy back here, Sleeping and sleep dreaming. So, oh. if, the, if the listener's here, like, whoop 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 whoop, it's not me, it's my dog.
0: <laughs> what is? She oh my doing? gosh, you're just like cheering me on as I'm talking. You're like whoop whoop.
1: <laughs> anyway, so just so you know, if you hear the background noise, I apologize. But um, no, I mean that gene key 15 was huge for me because I think in in so many ways, I mean, looking at it as the core wound as well. When I see. How much I needed to really slow down to even figure out what I needed to do or where I needed to be in my life. I mean, that resonated with me so much because that's literally what I did before I even knew that. And so, diving into the prosperity sequence, I mean, that was just an eye opener for me in so many ways. And I could see where I spent so much of my life in the shadow of that, too, like a feeling like life was just dull and, you know, just one day, you know, like one day and another day, another, you know, eat, sleep, repeat, whatever. But I think the other cool thing too, as you mentioned strategy for me, that gave me so much insight because I think I did in the beginning struggle for a long time to figure out how I was going to put this out there, like in terms of my offerings, right? Like, so what am I actually, I know, I know I do PR. I know I love human design. I love to pull those two things together. But when I started to see that strategy was my strength, it actually really helped me hone in on what I wanted to put out into the world too. So that was, to me, that was huge, that line. Yeah, I totally agree.
0: I think even just knowing, like, it's, again, it's all these like little tidbits of information that we can kind of put together and see, like, even for me looking back at my speech therapy career and then also looking back, like as a child, I always was winning awards for like writing in school and things like that. I didn't pursue it. Um, But it was one of those things that when I look back at it and I started to go like, okay, what are the ways that I want to get my business out there? Or how do I want to impact people being able to come back to like, oh, I've got a line two, which is all about self-expression. What are the outlets that I can use so that I can focus in on self-expression and Mm -hmm. connection and connecting with people as a main source for how I sort of transmit the work that I'm doing in the world as well. So I feel like these little pieces, when we can let ourselves go, like maybe I wasn't wrong for the career that I chose last time. Maybe Mm -hmm. I wasn't, maybe everything that I've done up until now has been aligned in some kind of way. Maybe it's not been perfect, but it's been aligned in some kind of way and actually allow ourselves to see the evolution that we've been through over time that's gotten us to where we are today.
1: Yeah. And the thing I'll add to that, which is would be, is really interesting to me, is when I think back to my corporate and my consulting work, and just in general, in the, the typical traditional business world, the way teams are built and the way, you know, you're a PR person. And yeah, maybe you oversee the account and maybe somebody does media, but nobody is really ever looking at, you know, it, to some degree, everybody has to be a generalist. And I feel like looking back now, I can see where I excelled in the areas where I was literally driving the strategy of a team, putting the right people in place. But when I was, you know, when someone would say to me, we'll sit down and, and you know, and as a generator, sit down and we need to to come up with this whole plan of what we propose of these creative ideas off the top of your head for this client for the next year. I wanted to die because I'm like, yeah, where's it coming from? I can't, you know, you, cause it's literally, I understand so much now that my brain doesn't work or my, literally my energy does not work that way. I'm not ever going to. And now I understood why I always would do a lot of research, not because I was looking to steal other people's ideas, but because that would be the only thing that would spark ideas for me. Yeah. And so seeing that now it makes so much sense. And I feel like, you know, we could make so much use of people's energy. Mm -hmm. If we knew how to put them on teams, because I also think what it would do is people could say, oh, maybe it's not that this job isn't for me, but it's this specific role that I'm that's expected of me within the job that is not for me. Because I think that line of that line within the vocation, I think is so telling in so many ways for people and could just, it's the tiniest thing that could provide the clarity that would maybe make somebody be able to just go to their boss and say, could we just tweak my role a little bit versus either quitting or just, you know, looking for another role or, you know, or job entirely? Yeah, absolutely.
0: You know what? It's funny as you're saying that too. I'm like, I'll put in a little something in here to just go over quickly some of those vocation lines so that Mm -hmm. people can kind of take a look at their chart really quick and go like, oh, where is my vocation in my chart? And how do I actually like to how does that a role that actually feels good for me? Because again, I think sometimes it's less about the um, oh, this is good. This is actually making me think too from what I was just saying before about like Substack versus podcast. Mm-hmm. It's helping us to get that differentiation. And I feel like like all of our lives, as we start to learn human design and the gene keys and all these different modalities, we sort of start to see where we need to like just turn the the knob and tweak a little bit so just yeah. as an example you and i were talking before and i was saying how i really um enjoy being able to speak on substack because like i have a it feels like more of a community here there's like a chat box if somebody wanted to like respond to something or even it's fun i get like people will respond to the emails i sent and they're like oh this was great or you know whatever And I think that the interesting thing is for me, there's been certain things like I love podcasting, but I don't like that I can't feel the people I'm podcasting to. Mm -hmm. Like at least on Substack, there's an email address that's connected to somebody who's reading it. And yes, other people can read it as well, but it gives me something where I feel like I'm like, Oh, there's actually people here. Mm-hmm. And when I look at that, it's like, we start to weave these aspects of our chart together where I'm like, well, I'm, a, I have in my profile and my activation sequence, a line four and mm-hmm. line fours are all about community and they want to feel like they know the people in the community and there's some sort of connection to them. Yeah. And so when I go, okay, my vocation, which we talked about was kind of like the role that you specifically play. Um, When I start to look at that line two vocation, which is about connecting with people, it wants to have relationships with people. It's all about self-expression and creativity paired with the line four that wants a community. Well, then I can start to go in all of these infinite possibilities of things I could choose to do or avenues I could choose to go down this one actually feels right in my body. And there's a little bit of context to why it feels right. Yeah. And it's like the profile starts to give the context to go, oh, it's okay that I don't want to have a podcast in this kind of way, because I want to be able to feel connected to the people that I'm working with or whatever.
1: Yeah. It's like a puzzle that you put together. And I think it it really... And both this both the activation and the prosperity sequence, I think they just show us so much. And if, if we I think it's very easy to feel lost, especially in this entrepreneurial world where we feel adrift and alone, I think, in so many ways because when you're a solar entrepreneur though you have people that you can consult with, it's still ultimately you and you have to make the decisions and nobody can know how those decisions feel in your body and yeah. not to jump around the sequences. But even like you when you were talking about your line four in your profile, like I am a line four as well. And I think about it all the time. How, when, when I first heard that the line four was called the networker, I always think about, I hated, net. No, I don't know if we're allowed to curse on here. I almost said effing hated, but I don't know if we're, I don't know if we're keeping it clean for Substack, you can.
0: I don't know. We'll have to ask the big boss. I'm like, you
1: can think, you can think about that. Yeah. But anyway, I won't won't screw up.
0: our. I'll emotionally roll on it. Roll on that
1: one. Let me know for next time. But anyway, I hated networking. I would walk into those rooms and they weren't because they weren't people I didn't like. They were all very nice people, but to, to have to make small talk, I was like, I'd rather either just talk about work or not talk to you at all because yes. you just, they're just, they weren't my people. They were wonderful people. And the people I worked with in my consulting team were my people. And I always could, you know, have those kinds of conversations with them. But with clients, I just never felt it. And so it didn't really resonate with me until I started to enter this world and meet all these people where George, my husband George, would say all the time, like, who are you talking to now? Because literally, Every week I would meet like three or four new people all over the world. And I was making all these friends and I could not get enough. I mean, if I could have filled, if I could have packed my calendar for 40 hours a week with just the people, I don't think I could have been happier doing that. And so then when I even then look at my, again, not to jump too much around the sequences, but I look at my culture. And when, when you and I started talking about the prosperity sequence and I realized that my culture is actually in the the line four, which is networking. And I'm like, now it makes so much sense to me why, you know, I can feel so strongly from both directions about like needing to find the right people. But if they're not the right people, it's, it's just not, you know, and even then like working to launch my course, seeing that I was never going to sell through Instagram, right. I had to literally learn that I need to access other people's networks within, you know, within my network. And that is literally where I drew most of the people in for the course. So when we can start to identify these things, and I think you, you taught me that the lines are so important. I mean, I always knew the lines added sort of like flavor and color from a human design perspective. But when we look at our sequences in the gene keys, I think in some ways, and I know you've said this too, um, it's probably where I heard it, but if we looked at nothing but the line, I feel like it could give us direction.
0: Yeah. You know, it's interesting. So just to zoom out for anybody who mm-hmm. doesn't know where they're like, what are you talking about with these different sequences? Just again, kind of open your mind to like, this can be a new starting point for yourself. I think a lot of people here know about human design and the gene keys, but basically when we talk about vocation, so this, again, this is a part of that idea of like, what am I here to contribute? to the world, like, um, what is my, I should say, how am I here to contribute to the world? Like, how am I here to contribute my gifts to the world? And then when we look at the, um, culture, it's kind of going to describe the gateway to how we connect with the right people and spread our business. And as we're talking right now, I'm actually just thinking to myself, when we look at profile lines, anywhere. So any vote, when you look at your gene keys profile and you see like your vocation is going to be like number point number, or you're anywhere in the chart, you'll always see a little period, a point, and then you're going to see a number. And the number afterwards is called the profile line. And what's interesting is, as I'm thinking about this, is that I almost feel like we can use profile lines mostly to inform strategy. Like our profile line really is the how. And I feel like the the gene keys really kind of continues to dance all throughout the chart in a both macro and micro way between these questions of what and how. And I think we can probably put the what before the period. So just as an example, when you were talking about vocation, you said gene key fifteen. So when I look at that gene key fifteen, the gene key fifteen is so it's saying like, what's your vocation? About. So, if we know that you're a strategist, what is the thing that people are really kind of looking for strategy to do? And it's like so that they can become, they can take what seems ordinary about them and highlight what makes it actually extraordinary or helping to shift perspective so people can see themselves from a different perspective. Now, we can zoom out on yours and go like, okay, you're the right angle cross of the Maya. So, you're probably going to be helping a lot of people who are helping to shift. The like see through the illusion, you know, maybe you're not just a hairdresser anymore. You're actually like seeing the fact that like hairdressers do a hell of a lot more than just cut Mm -hmm. hair, you know, like all these different things. So we can start to, again, look at that micro level of like, it it, just that dance between micro and macro. So Mm -hmm. I think it's kind of interesting to start to take our it almost is like the yin and the yang is contained mm-hmm. right within yeah. each sphere. Each sphere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, it's true. What I'm here to do is the being and then how I'm here to actually do it gets to be our, our profile line. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I and mean, you definitely have, have, um, what's the right word? Like sparked my love of the lines. Cause I don't think I ever, again, like I always knew they were there. I, I always would look at them even just within my human design chart, but especially when you just said that they've informed the strategy. I'm like, it's probably why I love them so much now that you put it from, you know, into that perspective, but it really gives, it gives us so, I think it gives us actionable information because sometimes too, as much as we dive into those fears, they take time to unfold, right? Like, I feel like every week, you know, you and I are going back and forth with like, oh my gosh, I had a new aha about, you know, whichever sphere it is at the time, but those lines are consistent. And I feel like when we feel unsure in the sphere and where we sit within it especially cuz i feel like most of the spheres also have this sort of like what does it mean for me but then how does it inform my work too like they have that dual faceted um like the, you know the dual way of looking at it that i think the line is something that we can always sort of like ground into when we don't feel like we know exactly what what the sphere is trying to tell us in the moment
0: totally there's so much depth to all of like you could spend so much time just looking at one small facet of your chart. And yeah. that's why I think that like you and you and I have talked about this a lot, like this work is never ending. Mm-hmm. You do it once and then you, you know, you don't necessarily say like, oh, I just did the pearl sequence <laughs> now, I'm done with it forever. <laughs> it's like, it really becomes sort of like a living body of work that you mm-hmm. can continue to return back to. And no matter kind of coming back to that idea of evolution, no matter what stage of stage of your evolution you're in, there will always be something there for you. And likely there'll always be a new perspective there yeah, for you. Cause as it well. unlocks
1: like, right. Like it, each, each thing you bring awareness to, I feel like not even just within the shadow and the gift, but even then within the gift or the shadow again, like you sort of get to the next level, which is why I think too, I could read the book and listen to those audios so many times. And now I sort of started to, it, I realized that's why I hear something different because whatever I didn't hear the last time or catch the last time in the reading, it's because I wasn't ready for it. Yeah. Um, you know, and I said to you, I've been, I've been pretty deep in my activation sequence. I mean, not as long as you, obviously, but since I took that study group with you, which was almost a year ago now. And so it's always there. I mean, it. I feel like there's not a week that goes by where a new little aha doesn't click. And even just this past week, I really was deep in the shadow of my evolution because, And it was beautiful because for the first time ever, when I had, like, I was really nervous about doing something new for the first time and being really, like, really outside of my comfort zone. And when I was able to say, like, all right, I feel uncomfortable in my body, I'm having feelings of anxiety, right, I'm in my head, and then be able to look and say oh, it's because I'm in that shadow of that intellect and worrying that I don't know enough or I'm not going to share the right things versus leaning in to what I know that I've done, all the work that I've done and how much time and effort I've put into something. And as soon as I brought awareness to that, my body literally let it go. And it doesn't mean I wasn't a little nervous or I didn't have butterflies, but that terrible like anxiety that can feel so crushing sometimes when you worry about the future and the unknown. It was, I think- you know, somebody's like, we need that little, those little pieces of proof. And that was like, even just this week after almost a year of contemplation, I had a huge one. And so now I'm like the next time it gets a little bit easier. Yeah.
0: And I, it's beautiful. What you just said is the idea, which is the whole premise of the freaking gene keys, Mm -hmm. which is why I love the gene keys as much as I do is because it's this idea that our greatest gifts lie within our greatest challenges. And that idea that the shadow, there is there is a little gift inside of that shadow that you can't really see. It's like this pinprick of light that if you just go, man, I'm really sitting in the darkness. I'm really sitting in the shadow. So as an example, I'm really in over my head and I am overwhelmed and I'm overthinking everything. But if you can see that there's a pinprick of light in there that goes, there's something more here, just lean into it. And if you can start to just focus on the pinprick of light and be like, it's okay that all the shadow is here. I know there's something more here. It's like suddenly with every breath you take, that pinprick opens and this doorway opens into something so much bigger and brighter than you could have possibly imagined is, is there. And that I love what you said. We won't go too far into activation sequence today, just because I don't want to confuse people between Mm -hmm. all the different ones, even though some people understand it, we'll have to come back and do like a whole nother conversation on this, this idea that any of these keys are going to hold, like you almost have to see the shadow or the challenge, the tense point inside of yourself as just as exciting as the light stuff and the gift.
1: It's true though. Cause that's what I think I realized this week too, is that, you know, it's like the whole, and again, I, you opened me up so deeply to all of this. And so I'm grateful to you. Cause it really, I feel like it has changed my life in so many ways. I don't think I'd be doing anything that I'm doing right now. If, if I hadn't, you know, started doing this work, but what's so amazing is like, you almost can then appreciate those feelings of discomfort. Um, like I know there's a lot of people that are fans of the to be magnetic work. And I always, I don't, I don't follow them very closely, but I always love when they talk about the magic dark, cause that's sort of what, and I, for me, like I consider my voids as a generator, those plateau periods, my magic dark, I've learned to see them now for what they are. And this is very similar. It's like very similar energy to me where it's like, I know I'm in a place that doesn't feel good, but I also know that because I can identify it and embrace it. Right. So allow, accept, embrace, and not try to just distract myself or push it away and like literally just be in it. It moves so much faster when you don't resist it. Mm -hmm. And I think that to me is one of the greatest lessons that I've learned in all of my life, just through all of this work is that, you know, like the more you resist it, the more it persists. And when you can literally let it in and just say, this is part of the human experience, but I don't have to be here forever. And when I can, Be I don't know to me self awareness is probably one of the biggest gifts that any of us could could practice yeah and learn because it does it changes so much yeah and I think that's what the for me the gene keys really has done more than anything and it gives you words for it because I think we all have feelings about things but the gene keys for me let me name a lot of things that I've always felt that I probably would have really struggled to ever put language to
0: yeah a hundred percent yeah I think from that perspective, like I almost notice my, I've got a gene key in my chart. That's all about constriction, which like most of the shadows are all about constriction, but I've started to learn to see, see feelings that I get. Even if like your feeling is mental anxiety, you almost just get to see it as a signal of some kind of like, Oh, there's something, there's Mm -hmm. something here. So instead of it being like, I have anxiety. I have to get away from it. It's terrible. I hate it. Or for me, like I have this constriction and this anger and I'm frustrated. Even just this morning, um, I had a conversation yesterday that uh, with a family member that just got like a little bit tense via text message. And this morning I got a text that like, I kind of felt myself start to constrict around. And I was like, wait this is just about acceptance and love. Like I know that constriction leads to love. And like, what if I just felt the constriction and then leaned into love? I'm telling you, like the whole trajectory of the conversation changed. Mm-hmm. There was no discussion. It wasn't avoidance either, but there was like no discussion of like, you said this and you made me feel this way, right? That no, it was acceptance, that right? you, It was, it like, was just yep. acceptance. Yeah. It was like, sometimes we all get in bad moods. Sometimes... We all maybe get a little bitchy or say something we don't mean to, and that's okay. It's like that idea, like Richard Rudd talks a lot about that idea of like returning non-love with love. Mm-hmm. And it's like oh, you start yeah.
1: yeah, like you start to see like my reflector husband is a master at that, and he's been doing it for as long as I've known him. And I've watched, I've watched him do like do that. I've seen that in action for 25 years and it's it's amazing that it really does work. I'm a believer in that. Yes. I'm not good at it. <laughs> he's good at it. Well, but and it works. It's funny cuz we have the same
0: incarnation he's, cross, he's right? Amazing. So yeah. like yeah. that's all the same thing. Like it sounds like he's really mastered his own. And if you're I mean he was a nurse too. You really yeah. have to learn to have lovingness with people. Yeah, yeah 100%. Yeah. So again, I think it's just kind of when we start to see that there are gifts inside of absolutely everything. Mm -hmm. It just changes everything. You approach life from like a completely different perspective and vantage point.
1: Well, it's, it's funny last night we were talking, um, one of the people in my class has, um, the, uh, what is it? The reaction to revolution Mm -hmm. And I can't remember the number off the top of my head. I'm not good at that. Like you, but it, I think 49. I feel like overall, yeah, overall, that's also a good metaphor for the gene keys because it, it I know I've read this somewhere in the book or the course or, but you know, it, it really does take us from being reactive to responding in a productive way. And it also, to me, it's like, it's just having a, you know, we have all these tools that we use throughout life when we have, you know, whether it's our breathing or meditation, like so many different things that we can tapping, we can use, but I feel like, those things help, and I'm not discounting them, but when you can pair them with something that lets you literally go in and identify the shadow of why you're feeling the way you're feeling, because I think sometimes we just have those physical and mental emotions, um, you know, whatever, all, all three of them, but like we don't know where they're coming from half the time. Yes. You know, and they might be associated with something that's happening, but it's usually much deeper. And so for me to be able to go into that 62 and say, like, why am I in my head right now? And how is that creating these feelings of anxiety, it just, I don't know, it, it does, like you're saying, it gives you that, that little pinprick of light. And then the more you can start to see it, it just, it's, it does, it's like going through a tunnel, but not yeah. in a way that you're shoving it down in a way that you're actually, there's some result. It feels like there's resolution to it, which to me feels really good too. Well, it's like
0: a pinprick that opens up, like you end up opening mm-hmm. up into a totally different world right? Like yeah. you, you suddenly found this doorway that you didn't even know was there. You yes. didn't even know existed that then opens you up into a completely new possibility for yourself. That's what It
1: feels like too. So it's weird that you say that. Cause I almost feel like I stepped through some kind of doorway after that yesterday, like yesterday felt very transformational for me for, in a lot, for a lot of different reasons, but that was actually a big one for me. Cause I said, I'm all, I almost feel like I'm like, I walked out like this new, more Zen <laughs> person. Yes. Mhm totally pretty cool
0: well because it's i think the thing is it's directional and i think it's it's directional in a very non-linear way mm-hmm. so just like as an example when you think about it so if i think about just like constriction as an example because this is just one that i know so much of um it's such a theme for me and like as a child it manifested as anxiety Mm -hmm. And so one person might think that the idea is to get out of anxiety or to get out of constriction. So then I might end up constricting more because I'm beating myself up about it. So that would be the idea of like, well, why do you have that? You're this, that, and the other thing. Like you shouldn't feel that way. And then all of a sudden you're feeling shame about mm-hmm. the fact that you felt that shadow or like, why are you so in your head about things? Why are you so stuck? Like you're smart, stop thinking that way, right? It it actually ends up reinforcing that very yeah, same state it's bad behavior.
1: Instead of saying like, I'm supposed to be this way and it's okay, but there's a way I can move through it. I think that's what it is. And it's, I mean, just like human design in general, it tells us that we're perfect just the way we are. We don't have to judge ourselves or the things that we thought were wrong or really how we're meant to be. And it's just, it's just more of that on a deeper level. Totally. Well, and I think too, like it starts to go just as an
0: example with that 62, it starts to go like, put your focus here instead. Mm -hmm. So your focus is the word's what you the the energy behind the words is more important than the words yes, themselves. The words themselves. Yep. Right. Or like same thing with constriction. Like, oh, I'm so constricted. I'm I'm trying to grasp onto something harder. The 25 wants to like cling on to things. It wants to cling to money and people and experience it. Instead, just go, just accept and be accept loved. It. Just right. and it's connected to the breath. Mm-hmm. Just breathe. It's like the freaking book I wrote. Just take three to five yeah. deep breaths. Okay. Now what? Oh wow, I feel a lot better and I have a lot mm-hmm. more clarity and it can move forward. Instead and it's of not e- it's not easy, why do you feel easy, that way? Right.
1: It's not yeah. easy, but it's simple. Like that's what I, yeah. I think is so cool about it. It's it's it takes practice to do it, but I think for me, it's like once I can start catching the patterns, then it it becomes really easy to address them. Even if it takes time to work through them, I know what I'm working with too. It's almost kind of it's exactly. like self therapy in a really productive way way.
0: It is. Mm -hmm. Well, because at the end of the day, you can't call your therapist every single time that you experience constriction or you get in your head during the day. But this is why we have tools for between the moments when we have someone to talk to about these kinds of things. Mm -hmm. And then if we're fortunate enough, we can find people that we can talk and work through these things with, you know, at different points in time. So I
1: think it's finding the balance of like, feeling the meanings of your spheres and not overthinking them too. Like, I think that's also can be tricky not to get caught up in like, well, what does the book say? And where am I? You know, so it's like almost, I think when you start to do this work for a little bit longer, like at least for me, the the deeper I got into it, the more I kind of started to just really have a feeling for what each sphere meant for me. And there's always more there too, but it's like, I just, you know, for me, like I'm thinking, okay, this has to do with my head and like that missing gate up there, that's connecting it to my throat and me not feeling confident and what's kind of come out of my mouth. And I always do that. But what I find is that the less I think about it, (laughs) the better it usually ends up being anyway, but it's trust. And so, you know, it's sort of like, what, where's that balance between learning to trust myself, but then being prepared enough and having the details, you know, to back it up. But I think, again, like knowing where to go. And so now I know, and especially because with you know evolution, which is such a big and important sphere when you talk about this more for anybody that's not familiar, it, it's to me like that's I've heard you say this and it's stuck in my mind. Like that's sort of the, the biggest one where when you feel that discomfort, like when you whatever discomfort comes up, whatever anger, but any of those feelings that are fear-based feelings, that's the first place that I go.
0: Yeah that's why I think it's so important to have community that you can constantly be in the practice of this with mm-hmm. I'll make one eventually guys it's coming there's something coming I don't know when could be in a year could be tomorrow we'll find out um but I think having something where we can f- keep tuning in and turning towards each other just to mm-hmm. talk about like hey you know what I was super in my head today this is what was going on and then to be able to be like okay well let's look at it sounds like it's evolution, your backs up against the wall and you're nervous. Yeah. Again, we'll do another one about evolution um, later on as well. But it's like when your backs up against the wall, you're approaching a new situation. This is likely to be the very thing for you that happens. And mm-hmm. for me, I've mine from the 46, which is just like over seriousness and coming out of synchronization with the whole. And I can remember in the past that would always happen to me um happened to me happened in my life and I would have to back up and go like oh what's happening here come back into play and playfulness and when you do that and listen to your intuition you will find exactly where you need to go so Mm -hmm. it's just interesting stuff
1: it really is I know I feel like I could sit here and talk about it for days and never run out of I know you know more
0: things to talk about I know Mm -hmm. Well, with that being said, I think we should close this out. (laughs) Even though we could talk for four more years, let's. Well, we'll Bridget the dog is ready
1: for her walk. So that's perfect.
0: I saw her get down. (laughs) see her get down. Yeah. She was like lifting her leg up like Suzanne Summers. Like nap is
1: done. Now Now it's time
0: to feed me and walk me. Service me. Yeah. Amazing. Where can people find you, Amanda?
1: They can find me on Instagram at curate.your.soul. Wait, curate.your.soul. I'll put it in the link so that you can find it. And my website is curateyoursoul.com. I'd love to connect with any of you.
0: Amazing. Thank you very much for being here. Take a look out for Amanda's classes and courses and PR work and all that. You can check her out and all the classes that she was talking about and her intuitive PR and all that. So check out her stuff. And um, I'll see you back here next time on this next episode of Candid Conversations (laughs) Substack Exclusive that I just made up.
1: Well, I'm glad to have been a guest on whatever it is this is called. Glad to have been here.
0: Substack Exclusive (laughs) Candid Conversations. Cool. Amazing. Thanks, Amanda.
1: Thanks, Jess.
0: All right. Bye, everybody. Hey, hey. Thanks so much for being here and listening to this episode of the Waking Up with Jess podcast podcast. If you liked today's episode, I'm gonna ask you to do one of three things. Number one, leave a rating. Number two, leave a review. And number three, if you think it could help a friend out in need, go ahead and send it to them. I greatly appreciate your support. When you rate the podcast or leave a review, it helps other awesome and amazing listeners such as yourself find the podcast. And I love people and I love friends and I love people's friends. So being able to spread the love through your network is another really great way to support people and to support the show. All right, y'all make it a great day. And I will see you back here on the next episode of the waking up with Jess podcast.